My mom has a. I, I think this is probably something really good about my mom. It, it's that. My God, you never say that. What? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> She's mother, never listening to this. Mother, he's lying. <laughs> it's fine. He's lying, mother. Um, one, it's, I guess, an admirable quality, but for some reason, some edible reason, I'm sure it's driven me crazy for years. And that's that my mom um, finds men attractive if they are precisely the opposite of attractive. Like Ernest Borgnine is like my, and, but she won't say like, I f- but I find it in her beauty. She'll say about Ernest Borgnine or other people like, oh, what a gorgeous. And it's like, you're almost trying like to like think of the most ridiculously, classically unhandsome man ever. And, she, and she'll... Yeah, it's, it's also, you know, it's really, it's in keeping a, a little bit with like your mom sort of Generation, which is weird, because your mom's generation is more like from the 1930s, from the, from the 60s, which is where she's actually from. You mean mentally, like what, mentally? Yeah. What so, so she's so she's going with the, uh, yeah, like uh, completely attract. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like she's she. What, what's the word I'm looking for? She's the uh, the not. Do. Yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad idea. Uh, she's going with the 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 not sort of. Um, Shallow, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. She's going for which she's, she's angling for not shallow there. Well, there's a there's she a, might mean it. There's a great uh, article by Ted Spiker. It's one of my favorite essays ever, and it, it's about how men really feel about their bodies. And it, it's this um, article that one of the one of the aspects of the article is about how um, what's changed in terms of like the the iconic male or masculine sort of attractive figure is that it, uh, men used to be useful. <laughs> God, that's nothing. Has it ever been applied to either of us? But, well, okay. <laughs> or is that where you're going with it? No, you you just went off on your own thing there. <laughs> that men's bodies used to be useful, and mm-hmm. and now so it's like the comparison. Then this article is like now, 50, now decorative, I guess. There, this article is like 15 years old, so it mm-hmm. it, it, it loses its sort of uh, resonance. But like, so the old, so at the time of the article's publication it was like the the example was Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man so he's a short little guy but it's like mm-hmm. um a trainer sort of like gave him an eight pack for right. the movie and he's got this and it's like it is decorative mm-hmm. and I guess he is strong in his own way but the old thing was John Wayne and if you look at John Wayne John Wayne was kind of a tubster yeah, yeah, yeah. right but he yeah. was just sort of like a thick kind of big handed and it's like somehow that's mm-hmm. actually you know, some something anthropological about it, or something. It's like uh, this is a guy who could like lift a table and put it over there, or something, right? right, right? right. Or go out and gather things, or whatever it is. And so these things. Worst comes to worst, you'd use him as a boiler after his death. <laughs> um, so, so that's part of what that article's getting at. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my mom here in a second because it's like hers is more emotional, right? It's yeah. like for her, I think you're right. It's like. Well, she sees the beauty in someone who has like kindness or depth or yeah, whatever. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, but she doesn't seem to separate like in her mind, like, oh, I like that instead of looks. It just sort of comes out like that somehow makes them good looking. What am I saying here? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what it She's is. She's avoiding sexuality in her attractiveness, I think. Maybe that's part of it. But one, it, I think <laughs> maybe this might be the number one like um, film star who my mom finds like bananas attractive. Really? And it is James Gandolfini, James. <laughs> okay. Which is just—it's they made a movie with he. It's his last movie with Elaine from Seinfeld. What's her name? 
I saw it in the theater. It's a movie about how unattractive he is. Right. It's the Marty of the 2000s, basically. Mm-hmm. But, but my mom, it's, oh, of course, he's very physically attractive. Anyway, uh, I never paid much attention to Richard Harris because Richard Harris, to me, <laughs> was, I only knew Richard left, Harris. Yeah. Now playing, playing left field, field. That's where it's coming from right now. Uh, you are funny. a derailer today, but I love it. Um, Richard, the only thing I know Richard Harris from is like uh, later movies. So it's like yes. Unforgiven, right. uh, Harry Potter stuff. Man Called Horse. Man Called Horse. Which, right? which was, but, but you know what? Richard Harris seems strikes me as kind of a very early James Gandolfini. He even looks like him to some degree. There's something sort of brutish yet pouty. There's a simian quality to his face. He's <laughs> a simian uh, okay, motherfucker. But, but, but pouty. You got, you got that right. Absolutely, yeah. He's got that. He's also has this sort of like a sideline about Richard Harris is that he's got this. There's a British, uh, I, I, instead of the Rat Pack, they should be called the Sad Pack or something. <laughs> and it's like it's Richard Harris, it's Richard Burton, Richard Burton, it's uh, uh, Lawrence uh, Peter O'Toole, Peter O'Toole, yeah. And it's that they're they're all just sort of like um, destined for the alcoholic ward somehow. Oh, dude, these guys had livers. Like be, the, between them, they could have put together their livers and created like the perfect actor. There's a an and, art- and yeah, great actors all at the same all time. Of like them fabulous, fucking wonderful, actors. Actors. and they would just be completely sloshed on uh, like on stage and uh, on the camera. There's yeah. some story I want to say it's with Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole where they went out drinking and and um, uh, the the owner of the bar was uh, closing, closing down. You yes. know this one? Yeah, and they bought yeah. the bar yeah, they to keep it open. The, <laughs> and, and, and they forgot they bought in the bar until, the, yeah, until they, yeah. one of them pulled up a receipt out of his pocket. R- Roger Ebert has a story <sighs> where he was talking to Richard Harris. Um, this was in the late 80s or something in Utah or something. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and Richard Harris um, said, look, uh, I don't drink anymore. And, and it, the reason is uh, really my buddy Richard Burton. And, mm. and Richard Burton and I drank the same amount, but he's dead. And I want to be alive. I want to be alive, Roger. And Roger, uh, Roger Ebert, oh, my God. And th- then the next day he, he went around the corner and he sees Richard <laughs> Harris just totally sloshed off his ass, like falling all <laughs> over the sidewalk. Yeah, you fucking bullshitter. Oh, man. I don't know if he was sober or not. But, but anyway. No, uh, he was apparently sober for the, well, he, you know, he was talk show sober, definitely. For he was, like the last 20 years of his I life. I think some something. of those old guys, it's a generational thing. It's like the, it's like the Spencer Tracy thing. It's like, oh, he, he cleaned his act up. And it really meant that he just was uh, intermittently drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I, sobriety back then. It was, I think. It was, it was, <laughs> well, first off, sobriety was a different thing. There was a different value to it. And let's be honest, like these these uh, these actors we're talking about specifically, like they got bombed when they were children by yeah. German planes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's got that's got there's got to be some PTSD at work there. I can only imagine. God, how how blitz was all of England through the seventies and eighties? Interesting that Freaking you bombed and shocking. blitzed are both. Uh, Right. <laughs> well played, Tom. Well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And I think also, like, I, I don't know, this is a, a nonsensical comment, but there's something about that generation, too, where it's like beer doesn't count. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, I stopped right. drinking, but you're drinking a beer. <laughs> well, it's beer. I yeah, mean, it's beer. <laughs> it's like bread, but liquid. Anyway, so. I, I got to say, my major association with Richard Harris, the one has always been uh, Guns of Navarone. Right. That's like his very first speaking role was yeah, very yeah, small, yeah. but really kind Isn't of stand out. He's the complainer, right? Who's the, bo- the asshole? Yeah, who yeah, got, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the bombardier who wants to, who wants to bombardier. chuck people, huh? He wants to chuck people out the uh, airplane yeah. <laughs> at the cannons. Yeah. And then uh, who is it? Uh, it's 
Squadron leader Barnes is Australian. But who's the guy? It's uh, it's not Burlives. <laughs> no, let's just say for the purposes of our conversation, it's Burlives. Okay, it's Burlives. Um, okay. Anyways, so but that's my that's my association with him. And then past that, I remember him from like forgive him. But there's not a lot of movies in the middle. I think I saw the Man Called Horse a long, long time ago, and I didn't really like it. Yeah. I, this might that might be an interesting movie for us to revisit because you just, were expecting a Minotaur. You got you have to adjust your expectations. I was song. expecting something fucking magical, and there's just like a like a honky being tortured by Indian people. No hoofs. Didn't you know hoofs? Ah, no hoofs. You know those things on the uh, feet. That's the main thing. Okay. So uh, you've been you told but, you asked me to watch this movie now a long time ago, and yeah. I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And frankly, it's a movie that just sort of um, this. Just because I feel like going off on another tangent, there's a movie called "What's Love Got to Do with It" with Angela Bassett. I think it's from 1990. It's a Tina Turner story. It is so poorly branded that nobody would ever want to watch that movie based on the way it's presented. And yet, when you watch it, it's a good movie. And I feel the same way here. This sporting life, it just it looks like it's. I don't know why. I it it reminded me of like Good Night Nurse movies. I was mm-hmm. like, I there's no way I I can stand. There's no, I don't want to touch this thing. It's going to be awful. Uh-huh. Beautiful movie. It's fucking amazing. God, is the sporting life this is, a beautiful this is, movie. This is like that. Uh, this is, I think, from like kind of that time period. Uh, I don't remember the time period right off the bat, but um, like the John Osborne, angry young man, like was big in English culture. A lot of uh-huh. things, you know, uh-huh. like on their stage. And this is really sort of kind of playing into that. And it's, it's, th- that now here's the thing this is not a pleasant movie. Yeah, it's, it's not. fucking great. It's really interesting. It's dark. But, it's but not it quite pawnbroker dark, but it's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's really fucking. It's yeah. It's fucking beautiful. It's yeah. Lovely movie. Black and white. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's the deal? Like, it's, 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 what's the deal well, with this movie? You know, like a uh, small town uh, guy uh, joins up with a local rugby club. Turns out he's. Just brutish, uh, his his brutish, uh, fucking like ability to inflict pain and be a dick, really kind of play out for him in the world of rugby. It's the Conor McGregor story, is what this is. Oh, I think it's very much a. I mean, it's a good parallel to the McGregor in in all the ways, right? So it's like mm-hmm. that. This guy is just sort of a, a physical brutish animal. Yes, that he's got an animal's um, ethical. Standard, it would seem. Now he's con- now in in the realm of sports in the physical world. Right. What's interesting about him is that it, he is even uncertain. I think about where his moral compass is in life. Right. That's what makes him complicated. But mm-hmm. I mean, he is in 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 the context of rugby. He's uh, dirty. Everything, yeah. Well, everything is a clear. It's a clear path. It's the violence will get you to where you got to go, yeah. and that's what he's really fucking good at. And he's good at vi- right. And and he um, so I don't know where you want to go. He's got this lodging situation with a a, a, a widow and right. her two children. She lost her uh, she lost her husband in the war. She's she's all what's love got to do with it? Huh? Good callback. Uh, she's all fucking love is for you know love is bullshit, right? It's just going to lead to heartache and all that kind of stuff. She's very anti like getting into a relationship, certainly with this monster. He tries to cut a rug with her in public, and she's like, "No, I'm a private dancer." Go ahead. Right. God damn it. 
Uh, well, I will always love you. What? Okay, anyways, that's Whitney Houston. Uh, so, uh, great. Uh, he was a coal, I think a coal miner originally, right? Okay, let's not do this And anymore. then he left a good job in the city. <laughs> Working for the man every day. All right, go ahead. No, um, so, uh, so she's like, she wants nothing to do with his advances. And, uh, but he is obsessed with her. That's the only way to do it. He's obsessed Un- with her no. and trying to, trying to sort of bridge the gap between being, uh, a man and an animal around her. Yeah, but he's also rather, rather unsuccessfully mostly. Well, he he also has um a very uncomfortable like once he decides on something he he sees it the same way he sees his career. Right, I'm going to muscle my way in here. Right, and once he decides on it, it's really uncomfortable <laughs> with the kids especially because yeah. it's like they're on his lap and he wants to buy him gifts and she's just like I first of all I don't want any part of you yeah. and you're a lodger not a stand in sort of father here what are you doing right and he's going to muscle his way in and the truth of the matter is even beyond the circumstances of it's not Manchester or Newcastle but whatever it's some it's what, sort of yeah, one it's of those it's shithole town England sorry England and and yeah, come on, you guys and, and he's going to muscle his way into success through that and he's going to try to do it here but he can't do it here although the complication is that it's not only 1963 it's the world at that time period where it's like there is a little bit not only in cinema but in the real world the way i i win your heart is to muscle in on it so right. it's really sort of can there's a lot of there's something wrong with him mm-hmm. in the context of a culture where there are things that are wrong right right okay sure the, the town of Scrumpmore. that's a great name you Shitty towns abound in England, certainly at that time period. I bet you they're a lot better now. I don't know. I should go to England and find out about it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, what's, you know, uh, it's a shame you've never been to England. It's, I, I think that's a place for I've you, I've never sir. been to Old Blighty, sir. Do that. They love that. Right. <laughs> Hello, governor. Do you have a fish and kidney pie? Yes, yes. <laughs> So, okay, so he, he, first of all, he's trying out, and the club doesn't necessarily think a lot of him. The, the, the rugby club doesn't think a lot of him initially. Yeah. He tries, to, he tries to, to force himself in, and they keep saying, We don't need another hero. They keep saying that. This actually, for some reason. this actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Slapshot, in that he was being, he's being ostracized largely for being a rough ass player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, the club has sort of built up its reputation as being clean, but technically. Adept, like that's what they're that's what they're trying for, and they're losing their ass right. until he comes along yeah. and starts slapping slapping bitches left, right, and center. That's right. It's a good so call. Slapping slapping britches. Yeah. Wow, that really turned into He's, a whole other word. He slapped bitches the way Ike Turner did. Ah, absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. Go on. Oh, I thought you were. Going, I thought you were getting odd one for me. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was I saying? So, so okay, you have these two sort of things, and 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 then a, 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 there's a separate thing, which is the um, the manager, I guess, of the rugby team has a wife, yes, who's a real Joan Collins. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think of her as Martha. She's like she's a little like Martha from uh, was it uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, I thought you meant the woman I used to date. Oh well, the, little, no, not like her at all. That would that would have been. I would love to see Martha appear in a movie. That would have been great. She yep. never stopped talking. You're thinking of a different person. In I Ireland. probably and stop naming. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say the last name. I don't know it actually. So, anyways, no, okay. You're, but you're thinking of a different person. Right. Oh, I am. Yes, I am. Right. That's you're, okay. Sorry. It's all part hey, of the, I'm the very, mosaic I'm, of our lives. Sir. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> wow, what is, the worst one. What is this movie doing, man? 
What do you mean? Well, I, okay, that's an interesting question. I don't know. It's like, in a, in a sense, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's slice of life, but slice of a particular kind of life. I think ultimately, it's not a very, it's not what you would call, a, it's not a subtle movie by any stretch of the imagination. Right, so then, so then it should be easy animal. to talk about what it's doing. Right, well, he's an, well, yeah, but, or maybe, <laughs> maybe short. Um, well, he's an animal, like there's a, you know, the, the, did, you, did you catch that on the famous closing scene of it? Where like he's like hanging from bars like a chimpanzee at the end of it. It was kind of I, I did I did a little reading on it and it pointed that out. And when I watched it, I was like, eh, I guess it's kind of right there. I, I, it, it's so on the nose, I would never have noticed it. Quite. I frankly. don't know that it's worth noticing, and not to say that you're wrong, but because I don't think you're right or wrong since since it comes from the source. But I can tell you, as somebody who who teaches literature, there's a lot of that horseshit around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like did you did you see the way he you know leaned against a tree, thereby saying he he'd taken right. root and the, you know. <laughs> yeah. This, oh, this is oh I get that makes this important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which definitely is what this movie is. This, important. This, well, it, it first off, it's important, but it's aware, it's self aware of its own importance. It's definitely playing to that mentality. I think there's a parallel movie. I think I'd like to draw your attention to, dear Finn, Last American Virgin, Finley's, and that is the lo- I think two years earlier, maybe a year earlier, Tom Courtney and the Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. I've never seen. I love the song. Don't know the movie. Oh yeah, it is a good song. But but the um, I, one of my favorite unrecognized songs by that particular Love British band of the long distance road. Um, the tale there is, is a kid who's in like re- reform school, mm-hmm. who his way out, right? right? And so in that way, this could be a, a trope. This movie, which is like a, you know your the way out movie. Yeah. But I think what's but it's kind of not right because it's also kind of yes. the trap. It's the it's the way up, but it but it leads directly into a trap. What is the trap? That's well, the trap to be the trap of uh, like he's improved his circumstances financially, but socially uh, he's still the same monster he was when he was working in a coal mine. Yeah, so but he doesn't want to be a monster. There's no refiner. There's no refinement to him. But he, but there's nothing in this life that's going to teach him. How to be a better person? He's never going to be that because he's also when when okay. So he so tries. That's how it's a trap. When he so. tries to be a better person and then fails and then right. stops trying to be a better person. In all of that, there's a there's a system that could have helped him, and it's the upper class, the owners of the place. Right. But they have no interest in it. Zero. And in fact, interest. they're kind of happy when he turns out to be an animal. Yeah. Well, because then because then you know then they're they're self they're self uh, excused. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, like you they. So, so that's what we are. We are the we're the we're the better people. Like you know, having and 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 he is being. We are and he are both being served by him being the animal that he is. That was a pronoun obstacle course, buddy. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. <laughs> he and him. Like verbal jazz. known as me. Verbal jazz. Um, one of the things I really really appreciate about the film is it, the way it plays with time. Yes. It does things. Flashback is such a um, so overused, yeah, and, so, and, and, and mostly unnecessary, and also tiring. But it, this yeah. this sort of does it in a unique way. You are asked as a participant, uh, well, to be a participant to sort of piece together exactly how things are working along the time continuum in this guy's life, right. and why that would justify or not the way he's acting. Because you you are also simultaneously asked to, to be empathic toward this guy, right. because he, there there are feelings in there, yeah. But also to be um, angry at him yes. because he's a fucking animal. He's a rapist too. Yeah, let's well, make no mistake about that. 
Go on. No, he kind of, you know, he finally, uh, he finally seduces the widow, but it really is like, it's pretty much. Yeah, that's a tough one. And, and because I don't want to, I don't want to rehistoricize too much. And yet we can't help it when we think about things like, um, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Right. Does Stanley Kowalski rape Blanche? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Does, does, uh, does, uh, Rhett Butler rape Scarlett O'Hara? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, well, I guess what is my butt there? I don't know. It's uh, the cine- it's cinematically it's put in a mm-hmm. way that's palatable to the audience at the time. Right. But I'm not sure that that's what's happening here because he's meant he's meant to be an animal. Right. It's clearer it's clearer in this one than it is in those because those for some reason Hollywood goes like it's part of the passion. She kind of wanted. It. Right. Like, that, that is always implied on that. But but weirdly it doesn't do that here and mm. yet at the same time Afterwards, she's not unhappy about it. But she, yeah, she yeah, right. Which is weird. Yeah. But well, she's not. But she's not outraged, sir. Certainly. But but also, there's everything in her life um, to point that she she doesn't she, kinda, she has the right to be outraged she, about yeah, anything. She, she doesn't feel she has the right. She's she's received a number of turds in the in the mail. So yeah. <laughs> it's raining poetry. It's, it's rained poo poo upon her on many occasions. <laughs> So, so that's part of her worldview of it, too. So. Well, I mean, there's lots of things, right? I mean, the way the kids don't react to his outbursts, for instance, tells you that he's an animal, but he's not the lone animal. There's yeah. a landscape here. And, yeah. you know, he has, I forget the guy's name, but there's this guy, he's been in, I think he was in Guns of Navarone, too, his sort of buddy there on the team, the mm-hmm. curly-headed fella. Um, the curly headed fellow, um, who, who's sort of like this moral center who has, uh, who, tr- who does have a relationship. He's getting married, his friend who's getting married, um, who, who has some sort of normality, who gives advice that's like actually palatable advice. Like you have to give and take things, right, right, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he, he's also becomes an outcast to this guy because right. this guy can't take advice somehow. So, so what is it the story of? Is the question that I don't know. I think that's a really interesting question because there's a certain. I, I was just thinking this like right now, which is there's a certain amount. Like I wonder if you flipped it on its head and talked about this being her story, what would that be? Be like fucking interesting. I mean, it's distinctly his story. Let's let's go yeah, there. Yeah. But it's but it's also it's making a broader commentary about all the people around him as well, including uh, his landlady. Well, see, this is the question and, though, and I guess I hadn't thought about it very in depth until. Okay, so look, I, okay, this is going back to literature, right? This is the, the problem, or I should say the question about literature in terms of um, like lit theory, let's say, yeah. right? So lit theory is, is this idea that you, you, you take a novel and, and you agendize your reading, right? So you right. go like, I'm going to give this uh, Wuthering Heights a Marxist reading so that all I'm looking for is like hierarchies of power especially of economics right, right. And, and, and Jake and, represents Jacob who was wounded you know like so, so there's there's obvious problems yeah, with it right? right and one of the problems is you're you're imposing something that may not have been the intention yeah. um, I think there are actually much larger problems, which is that people start taking this stuff outside of literature and applying it to everything they see in life. That's another sort of problem I won't get into. Mm-hmm. But but you know, for what for did better you mean by that? For, for better or worse, that's an approach, right? And so I'm trying to give it um, all its sort of possible um, uh, uh, the good things that can come from from that sort of approach for what you're talking about, right? Right, right. If you reconceptualize it, I guess what I mean is this. It could be that it's a film that's produced by people, all the people involved, 
didn't intend for any of that stuff to be there. <laughs> but because we're watching it in 2020, we can't help but see that it is there. Okay, so let's go the other direction real quick. Okay, let's back it all out and go, what holds this movie together if it isn't its literary quality? Because it's definitely got a literary quality no and it's really question. trying to. Yes. It's really living, it's really grasping on that. And then I would say the thing most holding it together, if we take that out of it, out of the equation, is is the acting. It's pretty damn good. The acting is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like Richard is. Harris is kind of remarkable. Well, I don't the remember thing. the actress. She was pretty goddamn remarkable. I, yeah, right. That's the thing. I don't. Uh, other than the un, uh, other than Unforgiven, right? I don't remember him being an amazing actor. And mm-hmm. Unforgiven, I was willing to say it was the writing because the story was so interesting. Right. Right. And, and apparently, the, he's amazing. He was amazing. Apparently, he was like one of the great. You know, he was like, like those three: Peter O'Toole, Burton, and Harris were like they kind of ruled the stage in London at that time period. And John Cleese. The fourth one, I think. I don't think so. I think he was considered the fourth guy, Tommy. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Ken, coming to Ken. Anyway. Um, so, um, Are you being, what's his name? The, the, the yeah. <laughs> faulty Wanda. So they moved. Uh, oh, so oh, so okay. Harris, this is his like first, this is literally his first like uh, starring role in a movie. This was his sort of breakout. But I don't know yeah. that he ever did because I don't. Honestly, like, but we don't know. The thing is, we're lovers of might. film, and yet we have amazing gaps. Yeah, we, we're a couple. Thank we're you. a couple of amazing gaps. <laughs> I mean, mm, thank you. You know, I, well, it's one of those things gap. where I have to. Uh, I, again, I have to like uh, when it comes to old movies. Yep. I'm informed heavily by by Finley number one, my yep. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he, you know, and uh, I think he a man called, man called Horse hated it. Turned him against Richard Harris. I think why? Because it was friendly to Indian uh, culture. Yeah, <laughs> Dad was was kind of a John Wayne man. That was really where he where he sort of like. Oh, I understand. I that's understand. That, that's where he uh, that's where he died. That's the hill. So so I just did. So maybe there's a whole world of of uh, you know Richard Harris out there that it's worthwhile to explore. I suppose over and so. above Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, yeah, and this it's also a movie that like I think I'm trying to think of of other movies like this where it's so serious. That you have to be in the mood. I mean, the conversation so a bit serious like that. it could become it could become hilarious under the wrong circumstances. I guess so, but I'm thinking of like the conversation is like that. Can you think of other movies where it's like, oh, this is simply oh the pawnbroker. Oh, the pawnbroker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's come up a few times Ugh. for us lately. How many? How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be corny. sorrow and the pity. Maybe not to be corny. How many? How many? I just. <laughs> It's too late, motherfucker. It's down. <laughs> it's in there, I guess. <laughs> wow. uh, what were you saying there? Was that, what was that last one? It doesn't matter. It totally does. Come on. It doesn't right. matter. You uh, matter, Joe. You matter, Joe. I'm going to give this a, 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 a definite thumbs up. Oh, fucking absolute thumbs up. I would give this... Um, out of 10. No, out of 20. Uh, okay, I'll give this... I, I'm going to give... Hmm. 17 out of 20. Uh, no, That's I'm going to give this an 18 out of 20 if you're in the mood. <laughs> and, and about a 3 out of 20 if you're not. Yeah. Because it's it's, it, it, it's this isn't easy watching. This is not pleasant watching, but it's fucking interesting. It's tiring even when you're into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, much, much like good sex. I hear. Come on. You could you could totally cut that. Okay, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I have upset, Joseph. I love you, man. Nah, not as much as I love you, my friend. Yeah. I was not uh, thinking I'd enjoy this movie, but you, Tina, turned me around. Yes. You, you, you are not another hero. <laughs>